All right. And it's still not going. I'm going to try this one more time. It told me that I had connected to it. I'm going to try it again. We may be without the tech up there today. Never underestimate the power of a teenager's phone. Just going to say it. But <clears throat> maybe it's a good thing that you can't see all of the notes because uh, if you could, you would, you would realize that we're in part 16 of walking through Genesis. And it just blew my mind as, as I started the, the notes for this a while back that it was going to fall on Mother's Day. And I thought, only God could put something together like that. I'm not that clever. I'm not that crafty. And, and it, it's really, if, if moms get a blessing out of this message, it's really going to come from God because uh, it's the story of Jacob and Esau. And, and Jacob is the, the third of the patriarchs that, that are, are constantly listed out. Uh, when you talk in the, the Hebrew faith and the, the early faith of uh, believers. So uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 25. And in chapter 25, in the 19th verse, it says, These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padaram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Now, the, the rest of the story going backwards is uh, Abraham's wife was barren. Sarah was barren. And, and we follow along and how, how amazing is it that the son would go back to the same land to get a wife and the wife that he gets just happens to be barren. I, I don't believe in coincidences, especially not in scripture, but the thing that changed from generation one to generation two is that Abraham... Abraham was told by God, you're going to have a child. Isaac, because he was the child of a barren woman, knew to call upon the Lord because the Lord was the only one who could fix it. He didn't go ask his dad, hey dad, how do I pray for my wife to have children? Never says that in scripture. If that had happened, we would have the account. Isaac knew why he was here. He knew. He knew who really got the credit. It wasn't mom and dad in their old age. It was the Lord that got him here. So he went and he prayed for his wife, his very young wife, which is, anyways, he's 40 when he goes to marry her and marriage in that day. She was a teenager. Okay, makes us crawl and uncomfortable, and that's okay. 
It gets better. Moms will all love this verse. The children struggled together within her. Anybody that's been pregnant in the room felt like your children were struggling within you? Bring back some fond memories. Anybody have good kickers? You know, my, my wife, this will really hit her because we had twins. And, and they were struggling. And, and, and she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? Any of you moms remember having that feeling? That while you're pregnant, why is this happening to me? You know, I, I remember with our, our first pregnancy, you know, and uh, I won't get really crude, but um, the, the third trimester and bladder control issues when you would laugh, cough, sneeze, anything was all new to my wife. And, and that would be the, why is this happening? question would come up why is this happening she said don't make me laugh and and I really wanted to look at her and say do you know who I am I, I anyway but why is this happening to me one of the the first things that stood out in this story is a lot of moms go through that question the whole life of their child you know, and when they're toddlers, why are they, why are they always trying to kill themselves? Why is this happening to me? When, when they get a little older and they learn to talk and then they learn to talk back, why is this happening to me? When they're teenagers and they really learn to talk back and they smell funny and they act weird all the time, why is this happening to me? When they graduate and they're about to leave your home, why is this happening to me? When they don't come home to visit as often as they should, why is this happening to me? When they find that person that God has made for them and they go to get married, why is this happening to me? When they have grandchildren for you and they don't bring them around, Every day. Why is this happening to me? Well, moms, let me give you the, the helpful thing that you probably missed a thousand times when you read through this story. So she went to inquire of the Lord. I, I promise you, your husband will have the same dumb look on his face as I had when my wife asked me, why is this happening to me? But you know who will never have that dumb, blank expression on their face is the Lord Almighty. She went and she asked, why is this happening to me? Why are these two babies about to... It feels like they're going to rip me apart. They're killing me. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. One shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. And when her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. Now, she lived in an age where you couldn't tell until time to give birth. The first came out all red, his body like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. Now, you've got to get a picture of this in your mind that... They're delivering baby number one, and baby number two has got a hold of the heel. 
Like, I'm coming for the ride. Or, hey, we weren't through with this fight. Get back here. I, I don't know exactly how it looked other than they give us the visual description. He was holding the heel of his brother. So his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. Okay, he was 40 when they got married. It was another 20 years before he had kids. Okay, if, if you're a person who's hearing this and you ever, ever face the, the, the struggle to conceive, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. That's one of the beautiful lessons of the Old Testament is God can do that whenever He chooses. And Esau, I like to tell you names. Esau, it means exactly what the Bible says. It means Harry. And, and not the name Harry. It means physically Harry like Chewbacca, you know, which had Spielberg been around, he might have been Jacob and Chewbacca. Okay, but Jacob means heel holder. And a lot of times we, we leave that out because we just like to jump to the next one because it, it's supplanter or trickster. And I, I'll just be honest that I identify with Jacob more than anyone in the room. And if you don't get that joke, it's because you don't know my whole name. But... I, I really do identify with who Jacob was. And the, the more I study it, the more I'm like, wow. You know, names really do mean something. And, and when the boys grew up, this is Genesis 25, 27. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter and a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man. I don't, I don't correlate with that very well. Uh, dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now this made my wife give me the dirty look, so I'll get the rest of the moms in on it too. The Bible has just given you proof that it's okay to have a favorite child. There it is. And kids, if you don't know who the favorite child is in your family, it's not you. I'm the favorite in my family. I just am. My siblings will see this and they'll be like, finally, he admits it. But, but the parents each had their favorite and they had their favorite for different reasons. I mean, it's really, really funny because the other principle that's stated but not stated is the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Why did Jacob love Esau? Because he brought, or why did Isaac love Esau? Because he brought him good food. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And they have to be teenagers. I'm telling you, they have to be. Just listen to this account. It's every teenager I work with on a daily basis. The drama is over the top. And he said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew for I am exhausted. And therefore his name was called Edom. We'll, we'll cover that another day. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright right now. And Esau said, I am about to die. <laughs> See the teenager? Of what use is a birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear it to me now. So he swore to him and he sold his birthright to Jacob. 
Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, which is bread and beans, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. The birthright belonged to what, what in the Bedouin and the, the nomadic culture of the area is translated the behor of the family. And the behor is like the vice president of the company. He's, he's next in line. He's in charge. At a very young age, the father will start giving him more and more charge over the household, which is the event we're about to encounter. And, and it wasn't just the, the business side of it. He was responsible for the well-being of everyone in the household. From the lowest slave in the household to every member of the family. It was his job to make sure they were taken care of. And they're sitting at this meal. And in a moment of whatever you want to call it, a teenage moment, whatever it is, Esau despises his birthright in the eyes of God because he's willing to just cast it away over a bowl of beans. I'm so hungry, I'm about to die. I don't even care. You know what the real behor of the family would do? The behor of the family would go hungry before anyone else in the household went without food because it was his responsibility. Now, now people like to hammer on Jacob for being a trickster, but here's the reality about Jacob is Jacob had the, there's a, a Yiddish word that combines a bunch of Hebrew words. It's called chutzpah. Jacob had chutzpah. And, and chutzpah, it means he, he had a lot of nerve. He had some gall, audacity. But, but the main ones that, are, that affect what we're looking at, he had supreme self-confidence and conspicuous boldness. Jacob wanted the job of the behor. He wanted it. He welcomed the responsibility. He welcomed all that came with it. He didn't just want the stuff. He wanted the job. And Esau didn't. And this makes me struggle with Jacob because he's going to get all of that through deception. And I look at him like, man, how, how is God going to use this dude? This dude's a liar and a cheater. How is God going to pick him to be the, the face of a nation? He's going to be the face of God's chosen people. He's a liar and a cheater. Esau, you know, he looks the part. You know, he goes out, hunts. He does provide food for the family. He's probably older. He's big, hairy, masculine. He's everything that should be a leader except for where it counts. And you know who else saw this? Mom. Moms love their babies to a fault, but they're also real about their kids too. And mom knew who she wanted leading the family when dad passed away. And it wasn't Esau. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, this is Genesis chapter 27, so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here am I. See how that keeps coming up? That here am I, behold, I'm here, I'm paying attention, ready for orders. 
I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me to eat that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke this to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game to prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Every kid in the room today, everyone who has a mother... That's one of the toughest things for us to do sometimes is just simply obey mom. But when mom gets that serious look on her face, we all know it. We all know, hey, it's time to straighten up and pay attention and do what mom says. Can you imagine right here that she's been waiting for this moment? And mom is, mom is just as guilty of tricking dad as Jacob is. And if you want the legalistic way out of this argument for Jacob, he's just doing what his mother told him to. All these years I've said, you know, he was a dirty, low-down trickster. Well, guess what? He's doing what mom told him to. And I'm not giving you permission to trick your husbands. Don't, this is not play a joke on dad day. This is mother's day. So don't take that the wrong way. She said, go to the flock and bring me two good young goats that I may prepare them delicious food for your father, such as he loves, and you shall bring it to your father to eat that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to him mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. One of the other gifts of mothers is they're the intermediary between you and dad because this next verse. His mother said to him, let your curse be on me. Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go and bring them to me. So he went and he took them and brought them to his mother. His mother prepared delicious food just as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house. Okay, moms, if you ever wonder why you're the only one who can find things in the house, it's always been that way. It wasn't Jacob was smart enough to go find his brother's clothes. Mom went and found them for him. And she put them on Jacob, her younger son, and the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Mom had this planned out. She really did. So he went into his father and he said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. The Lord your God. Okay? This is a trend that keeps showing up over and over and over. And I want you to understand, it's not any different in our lives today. The God we serve is our God until our children make that choice for themselves. 
You can't make your children choose Jesus. They have to do it themselves. And he answered, because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Can you imagine how confusing that would be to, I feel, always feel sorry for Isaac. He's the poor old blind guy in this story. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, are you really my son Esau? And he answered, I am. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate. And he brought him wine and he did drink. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, see, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and be blessed and Blessed be everyone who blesses you. And as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, his brother Esau came in from his hunting. Sibling rivalry at its finest. Uh, I'll... I won't read it directly from the scripture here. I'll, I'll just tell you that. Can you imagine the outrage of Esau? The the older brother, who. You know he. At some point, he has to own up to what he had done. He had sold his birthright, but the the birthright didn't matter to him as much as the blessing of his father. And this is usually a Father's Day kind of message, but. He cries out in agony over the loss of the blessing, but also he just simply asks his dad, do you not have more than one blessing? Do you really not have anything else to offer me? And, and Jacob promptly tells him, you know, I want you to understand, or I, Isaac tells him, I, I gave your brother that blessing. Your brother is now the authority figure over him. In essence, he's telling him, if you really want a blessing, you've got to go to him. And finally, he relents and he, and he shares in the agony of his son. He says, your brother came deceitfully and he took away your blessing. Is he not rightfully named Jacob? Is Esau's reply, he took away my birthright and now he's taken away my blessing. He's tricked me twice. And Esau blesses him. He says, he says this, Behold, from the fatness of the earth, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be. And away from the dew on heaven on high, by your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. And when I looked at that, it's almost an opposite to the blessing he gave Jacob. 
But at the same time, he was giving his son an out that you don't have to stay in the house. You can go your own way. You can start your own legacy. And, and what, a, what a good picture of a father there because he's trying to make it to where both of his sons will continue. But that's not where the Bible ends the account. It says Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. He knew his dad was going to die. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. Mom, you had to break up any fights between your kids? Mom had to figure out a way to break this one up because these are grown men who are going to kill each other. And she called Jacob, her son, and she said, Behold, your brother plans to comfort himself by killing you. Wow, this is a messed up family. It gives me hope because the family is so messed up and God uses them to bless the world. She said, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise and flee to Laban, my brother, in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what I have done to him. Then I will send and bring you. Why should I have to grieve for both of you in the same day? But that wasn't going to work. She couldn't just send him away. She had to get the authority figure to do something with the behor of the family. So in Genesis chapter 27, we get the rest of the story, Paul Harvey. Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. Oh, man. Any of your moms ever loathe your life because of all these crazy teenage girls trying to catch the eye of your son. I mean, that's what she's saying here. She says, I don't want any of these, these women to be my daughter-in-law. I don't want any of them. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? This is the mother-in-law line right here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, we can't get through Mother's Day without getting everybody. I hate my life because of the Hittite women. <laughs> oh, oh, it's too good. But then Isaac calls Jacob in and he blesses him and he directed him, don't take a wife from any of these, these Canaanite and Hittite women. Go to Padanaram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your offspring with you. And may you take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. The final blessing that Isaac gives Jacob is may you become a, be fruitful and multiply. 
The very thing that if you go all the way back is what God told Noah's family. Be fruitful and multiply. It was a generational blessing. And Jacob didn't, or Isaac didn't want Jacob to, to have the same struggle that Abraham had of having to wait for the Lord to give him a child. To have the struggles he had where he had to pray and beg God for a child. He wanted Jacob to have it easy on that account and to become this, the, the fulfillment of what God had called them and their family to be. And he sent him back to the land of his people, to his family, because something about this family is what God chose. Now, mothers, there's something about your family that God chose. That there's something about you that He chose when He put your children into your care. And, and once they're there, you never stop being a mom. You may, you may have to deal with the Hittite women that you loathe and they make you hate your life. And my wife's shaking her head. She's like, don't say that. I'm just telling you, not everybody loves their mother-in-law. And their mother-in-law probably don't love them quite as much as she does her baby. That's not the case at our place. Just clearing that up. My parents adore Denise. And her parents seem to tolerate me really well. So, <laughs> but, but looking at this and, and just pulling out what God wants us to have is that, and, and I, I didn't get to throw the verse up there, but I want you to understand in Proverbs, the, the wife of a man is, her, is his crown. And if you want to know the, the children that a man and a wife parent together, those are the jewels on the top of that crown. And we're called to, to be like Jacob. Not to be tricky and deceitful, but to want the job that God has given us. Mothers, to want that job of nurturing and, and comforting and raising your kids and never stop being a mom. To want the, the great commission first and foremost in your home, speaking the gospel into the lives of your children. But we're called, just like Jacob, to want the job and to be willing to do whatever it takes to reach people for the gospel. Jacob's means weren't always good, and we're going to find out next week he's going to meet his match in Laban. And then he's going to get in the match of his life because the other thing about Jacob's life that we're going to see and that we're called to do is to wrestle with God. So, happy Mother's Day. Celebrate your mom. Celebrate the memory of your mom if she's no longer with us. And, and ask yourself, am I really... Am I really doing everything I can to prove that I want the job that God has given me?